I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and all of my friends. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, here we go. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a deuce, no rumor in the night. Blinded by the No? That song was a radio hit. Uh, it was recorded by Manfred Mann's Earth Band in 1984. It was a hit on the radio. I was in the 10th grade, uh, but that band did not write that song. Who knows who wrote that song? No one in the room. No. We have work to do, people. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen wrote that song. Uh, it was 1973, his debut album, Greetings, from Asbury Park, New Jersey. And Bruce wrote that song at the last minute because the president of his record company, Clive Davis, didn't think the album had a hit, didn't have a radio single. And so that was written for that. But it did not become a hit with Bruce Springsteen. The song's about baseball, and it's about being a teenager in the summertime. I'm quite sure that Bruce didn't realize that the phrase is imbued with all of this religious imagery. But Jesus appears to a Jewish Pharisee named Saul, who at that point in his ministry was working to destroy an early Jewish sect that had, had formed and was beginning to split off. Jesus appears to him, he blinds him with light, and then he asks him, rather, to help him build that movement that he was actually trying to destroy, blinded. And then eventually, as the story says, when the, the scales fell from his eyes, Saul converts to this Jesus movement and becomes arguably its greatest promoter. This past January 25th, on the calendar of saints in the Western Catholic tradition, it designates a lesser feast day for the conversion of St. Paul. Uh, the Episcopal Church often overlaps with our Roman Catholic siblings in our form and our structure. Not always, but we try to give it our best shot to sync up whenever it's possible. And Paul's conversion feast is one of those days. And I say that to underscore that today, when we celebrate the feast of the conversion of St. Paul, today is a big deal. And it's a big deal for us as a church. Why? It's been said, and I generally agree, that there would be no Christianity without Paul. It's arguable. And by that I mean it's actually arguable by people. And they argue it, that Paul either understood Jesus' larger intentions in ways that the 12 disciples couldn't see, or that they missed, or that Paul had a better sense of how to put it into practice, sort of practically. And that's the position I tend to take, that second one. I, I think this way because I've been part of all kinds of institutions, as have you, in your life and in your work. And I've seen how incredibly fraught the prospect of trying to change an institution can be. Institutions have culture, and people get comfortable in that culture. Jesus, 
I'll just go ahead and say it. He was a change agent. You have heard it said, but I say to you. He would always sort of frame his teachings that way. If that's not him saying, look, we want to look at this a little bit differently than before, I don't know what is. Jesus was introducing this project of changing his religious community in ways that specifically would open itself up, would open itself up to all people, and do that in ways that because of the way culture and institutions are, people had a hard time seeing. Paul the Apostle, our Paul, he understood this. And he had some kind of experience of Jesus, some kind of conversation with Jesus on the road, at least in that moment and maybe later, if we can imagine and wonder it. And from those encounters with Jesus, he decided to push. And he pushed. He famously pushed Peter, the lead apostle, to be more open to Gentiles and to outsiders, to be a part of their communities and their gatherings and their movement. God wants to make himself available to everyone, not just Jewish people. And this is where Jesus was leading them. That became Paul's passion. But Paul isn't easy for modern Christians. Can I get an amen? The reason is because at times it seems like he is not working towards the full inclusion of all people. Some of his teachings about women in their role in those communities, in the church, and in the family are harsh. And on the surface, they're misogynistic and narrow. His teachings on human sexuality are also troubling. And their interpretation over the centuries has caused a multitude of harm and hurt for our LGBTQ friends. Sarah Rudin is a scholar. She's a classics professor. She translates Greek and Latin. She's currently a visiting professor at the University of Pennsylvania. And she did a work on Paul that was introduced to me by one of our members, Miles Talbert. And Miles isn't the only one who I've encountered in conversation in my years at St. Paul's who have done sort of due diligence in trying to understand Paul because you attend a church that has his name. I've had conversations with you about this. And Dr. Rudin, in this book, does this exquisite job of trying to help modern readers understand the incredibly complex religious culture in that first century Roman world. Her book is entitled, Paul Among the People, the Apostle Reinterpreted and Reimagined in His Own Time. If you're curious about it, just message me and I can get you the title. Rudin's book is set out almost like a laundry list of the difficult issues that correlate to cultural contexts. Background that does indeed help us understand some of the things that Paul said that can trouble a modern reader. For instance, when Paul teaches that women are to cover their heads in church, all of us immediately imagine this, like this modern-day church setting, when in actuality Paul was referring to their public assembly. Yes, they were worshiping when they assembled, 
But also, there was a practice of public assemblies in all kinds of forms. And in that Roman world context, women were not allowed to attend any assembly. That would have been incredibly unusual for them to do that. Rudin also points out that the head covering for a woman in Roman culture was reserved for the wealthy and the respectable. Lower class women would not have been allowed to wear a head covering. So when Paul says that all of them must cover their heads, Rudin wonders, was Paul maybe making a case for an outrageous equality? What do you think? Are you dubious? In the book of Philemon, Paul is, is making a clear case that a runaway slave named Onesimus should return to his master Philemon. And Rudin explains it this way. She says that a runaway slave then was anathema. And if you were caught, typically you were put to death. Not always, but, but typically. And if a slave was set free under whatever circumstance, they never would have had the rights of a citizen and would always be sort of a non-entity. So when Paul tells Philemon, the slave owner, that he wants him to receive Onesimus, not as a slave, but as a brother or part of his family, it's completely antithetical to the context and culture of that time. Now, my students at school, you know, we study the Bible uh, in its entirety for the most part. We read it often in daily chapel. And every once in a while, one of them will sort of come to me befuddled why early Christians were persecuted and martyred. And my response, I say to them that we just can't imagine what a society looks like when inequality and dominating power are the absolute controlling ethos, that it, it defined everything in that culture. We have some idea, but not to the degree that they experienced it then. And Paul, in his clear-eyed vision, with the help of the Holy Spirit, saw it. And he saw it in a way that led him to completely disrupt his life and to take on a new mission. This week, when I was diving back into Dr. Rudin's book, I was doing internet search on her and trying to find things that people had said about her writing. And an unrelated thing sort of came up. It was a news story from New Haven, Connecticut, and it was about her and her then-fiancé and that they were having trouble getting a marriage certificate to, to get married. You see, Sarah Rudin is a Quaker. And Quakers, following the teachings of Jesus, uh, maybe a little more closely than some, refused to make an oath. They, like Jesus taught, said that their yes will be yes and their no will be no. And they will not swear on heaven or on, on God's name. And so to receive a marriage license in Connecticut, Sarah Rudin was asked to raise her hand and to swear an oath to God. And she very politely explained to the county clerk that she indeed had profound belief in God, but that it was a belief that doesn't allow her to swear an oath to God. And this little kerfuffle in the story, this went on for two and a half hours. It was not the DMV until they finally managed to reach the state's attorney general who allowed the exception. So why am I telling the story? 
institutions, communities, have a collective culture. And changing attitudes and traditions and rules in those cultures can at times seem impossible. This was the project that Jesus set into motion. <clears throat> the idea that God, the creator of every race and every culture and every ethnicity, longs for every person in those contexts to know that they are loved by God. God and all his mercies, all of his grace, are available to everyone without exception. And the Apostle Paul, your Paul, our Paul, understood this. And it captured his imagination and he dedicated his life into seeing it come into fruition. To be sure, Paul did not get it all correct. <clears throat> but he rearranged his entire life, disrupted his entire life, to see it happen. And that is something that you as members of a church with the name of St. Paul on its title can be proud of. And all of us, in our own imperfections, can pick up the mantle where Paul and those women and men who came after him have left it and continue. God wants everyone to know that he loves them and he offers them grace. All are invited, and all are welcome. I'm sending you out into the midst of wolves. Be wise as a serpent, and gentle as a dove. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat>